blank space magazine. We visit designers to find out why they do what they do. Hey, my name's Jess Slip. I'm a visual artist and writer who lives and works in Montreal, Canada. But every now and then I come to Eindhoven to work with and learn from interesting designers who are doing important work. For Blank Space magazine, I interviewed Jess Oberlin, a fashion designer and founder of Plasma, an inclusive event platform that celebrates diversity and connects communities through art, fashion, music, and positive activism. DIY to her core, Jess is dedicated to facilitating space for others to share empowering moments through collaborative learning, making, and doing. Given the state of the world today, I believe the kind of work she is doing is essential. So I called Jess over Zoom to chat about how her own experiences have helped to shape her perspective on collectivity in fashion, design, and life in general. Hi, Jess. Hi, Jess. How are you doing today? I am great. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, I know that yesterday was a pretty fun and exciting day for you. It absolutely was. I am feeling very melancholic always after I do something like this because I'm wondering when is the next time we can do it again because it was so great and so magical and exciting. So describe what happened yesterday. What was it? Yesterday we had about 20 people, most of which were strangers to each other, getting together downtown in Eindhoven. And we had a great drag queen artist come from Den Bosch who does a program called Drag Up where you come together through makeup and glitter and drag and, and yeah, transform yourself. And I did this with her also in Eindhoven last year a few times, and I thought it was really great. And it would be nice if we could use the, um, yeah, use the transformation to to go out in the streets and make it visible, like maybe going somewhere or going dancing. And last year that would have been possible, but this year, of course, it's different with um, the corona pandemic. So we kept it to a small group, and then we thought it'd be fun to walk in the face of downtown and do uh, social distance lip sync flash mob on a few different spots and we ended up getting followed by the local news and um, some random people joined us and we performed the hell out of those songs yeah it was really great and then we got back together and just yeah seeing the community out together it was really empowering and um, getting looks from people while you're in a group is also a really powerful yeah experience or something to go through and it and it makes you feel really yeah, connected, positive, and excited. Yeah, I think one of the things that, you know, I think is really interesting about what you do is the idea of visibility and giving visibility to to everyone, really. Um, anyone of, like, various different age ranges, uh, ethnicities, genders, sexual orientation, and whatnot. Actually, I think this segues into my first question pretty well, which is, um, like, how would you, what's your elevator pitch for what you do? <laughs> That's a great question. <laughs> for myself, I would say I'm an interdisciplinary fashion and experience designer, because that makes it sound super serious, what it is that I do. <laughs> and within that title, I also have the freedom to experiment and explore and not fit into any one discipline, I think. And that's a place that I feel comfortable and always have felt comfortable in. 
um, now not true, not always feeling comfortable in it, but something I've accepted within myself that there's maybe no box for me. And there's a lot of uh, people around me and creators who also don't fit into a box. And I think it's it's great to be able to offer them um, a fashion experience or a fashion brand or a certain kind of, yeah, something that, that stands for that and that is creating from that and open to that. And that's something special and important. Yeah. So creating fashion, but also creating a platform for offline events. Mm-hmm. And you started with fashion. Yes. Can you explain a bit about, because now you do uh, DJing workshops, um, like live events, music events, um, and performances just like you did yesterday. So can you speak a little bit about that evolution from fashion to more of these live events that are occurring? Yeah, so the fashion started, I guess, as a childhood dream of wanting to be involved in fashion somehow. Um, we used to get an allowance and we only got it if we were really good at cleaning the house and being well behaved. So I was really into that. And then I would save it to buy the Vogue magazine. And I come from a really small town in the middle of nowhere in Canada. Um, where there was definitely no fashion going on. But I had a really interesting sense of fashion, I think, growing up. And I got um, made fun of for being the way I was and for shopping in my grandma's closet and for for destroying clothes and making new things out of them. And for, yeah, basically for being who I was and having the sense of fashion that I had. But I, if I looked open, if I looked in the Vogue magazine, I would see things that would inspire me, but also make me feel like, okay, if I can get out of this town and go to Europe maybe and jump into fashion somehow, then I think that's a place I would be, yeah, more accepted or something like that. But I got away from that for a really long time and, and let go of that whole journey. Um, didn't really also enjoy the capitalist aspect of it and uh, the commerciality where it's like really maybe driven by money that bothered me when I was younger I got a lot into anarchy and punk and being a dirty squatter hippie chick so I got really away from fashion for a long time and just recycling stuff and still like messing up with messing up clothes and making new things from them but yeah eventually it kept itching at me somewhere like I really wanted to also be creating something and um yeah, I would go to parties and I wanted to have like a spandex suit one time. I was like, I want to have a legging that fits really nice. And I couldn't find one that fit my body properly. So I started measuring my own body and talking with a few local seamstresses to try to make a pattern that would be better suited to my body. And um, yeah, I measured a bunch of girls around me, just normal people, friends of mine. I even have the old patterns, like the first patterns I ever made are named after them. And I based this kind of new sizing chart on their bodies, um, hoping that that would be offering an alternative to what's available in shops. And people started wanting them and buying them. And we would, yeah, go out in them, make photo shoots. We did a few events with them. And I guess I just realized through doing that, that the part that excited me most about doing this was the the connecting with people and offering them a stage to to show who they are, working together with people who are just friends of mine or fellow designers or artists instead of like having a whole editorial team or a makeup artist or, or, or getting really like it was really unprofessional DIY. But yeah. So collaboration was really the impetus for it, like that sort of collective Mm -hmm. uh, mentality that's happening during the photo shoots and when you guys are out and about sort of just having having fun. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. So um, you are a self-taught designer. Yes. So you're in, inherently DIY, which you spoke yes. you spoke about a little bit before. Yeah. Um, I'm curious about this idea of learning by doing um, and wondering if you can speak to the idea of design by doing and how that encourages inclusivity and diversity within DIY spaces. <laughs> DIY, okay. Now, I think the, that DIY... Yeah, it comes at least for me from a place of necessity. So I wanted to create and I wanted to uh, design something for myself and others also wanted it. So that was a great way to figure out that I had a fashion line, but it came out of a place of just, oh, I want to try something and I want something to fit properly and I want to have it be like this way or that way, but not having the knowledge from going to school or being surrounded with people doing the same thing. I also like, I'm in Eindhoven and it's a design city, but it wasn't like... I knew any designers when I started designing these suits and stuff. Although everybody also always asked me if I was at the design academy and which year I was in and what I was studying, but <laughs> I wasn't studying any of it. Yeah, so DIY being like, it comes from a place of necessity and maybe a place from um, being a have-not in a way, like not having the knowledge, not having the money, not having um, yeah, a studio, not having this or that. And then that kind of makes you get creative. And I've always been like that. And I've never been, um, yeah, at least on in that sense, really super privileged and having everything at my disposition to just go go for and, and, and work on. And what's exciting about that is that if a DIY mentality and this um, self-learning is something that's really encouraged and respected in place of it always being where you've gone to school or had education or who you learn from or where did you do your internship, then it becomes something that is also accessible to everybody and it, it automatically becomes a platform or a way of doing that's, that is inherently inclusive and diverse because anybody can do anything it's just a matter of of doing it and putting putting in the time and maybe asking to work together with people or looking around you for opportunities to learn and and taking that and adding it to to your experience and and growing from it yeah and it sounds like um this is something that's sort of been with you your whole entire life right you mentioned you know growing up in small town canada and being interested in fashion, but also like these like sort of punk and DIY spaces. So mm -hmm. in essence, you've kind of been learning by doing that your whole entire life. So makes sense that then coming into Eindhoven, which is like a super design centric city for sure, uh, you would be able to use those influences from growing up to be able to sort of carve out your own place within the design world. Yeah. So I guess this leads to a question of mine um, about your experience as not only a woman, but as a Canadian expat um, and how you found your own sense of belonging or inclusivity in the Dutch design world or in at least Eindhoven itself. Yeah, nice. I still feel a little bit like, um, you know, the story of this black swan. It's like there's all these white swans and one black swan is born and it's like doesn't really fit in but I think that that's a really nice place to uh, to be 
It's a nice place to be. So I don't think I ever really completely fit in or really, um, in any case now in my life, feel the need to fit into a, um, a design world or a design scene because I think it's more important to keep doing and keep trying and keep learning and keep, yeah. Um, yeah, so I think in coming from another city as well and, and or another city, another country and, and coming here and not really being fully integrated for, for a long time, you maybe get more creative and also, um, yeah, creating your own maybe community sense of group for yourself and, and to find a place where you do feel like you fit in. If you don't have that, I think it's something that can be created. And I see a lot of people around me also just um, not seeing that maybe Eindhoven has a specific scene or community for what it is they're doing. And I think that I also felt that way and like starting to design and, and just experimenting with things. And all of the, the, a lot of the people I was working with were at Design Academy or had gone to art school and I hadn't. So in collecting them around me, it also created a kind of a safe and accepting space to be a part of where it didn't really matter if I wasn't an accepted part of the design community. Um, yeah, and it doesn't become, it becomes less important if you have um, the right kind of people around you. And I think that creating that community and that collaborative atmosphere was something I definitely needed and maybe created out of necessity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Makes perfect sense then, this idea of um, collaboration and, and collectivity that in these sort of spaces for that, that you're trying to create with plasma. How would you encourage other designers to open up space for diversity within their own practices? Yeah, that's also very interesting. I think a lot of people are really centered on making something that they want to make or creating something with a design question. But maybe it's also good to look at societal questions and communities. Um, yeah, also looking outside of your own group or your own um, people that you're familiar with, maybe your, your colleagues or your, your students that you're working with, or yeah, really looking outside the box and maybe going somewhere and, and talking to people you normally wouldn't talk to and, and learn about their, their self and their practice. And yeah, I think it's also a question of networking outside of your own micro network and, and through getting to know someone from a different background or a different discipline um, yeah, you also automatically have the opportunity to be connected with their community and, and the community of that community. So you have a lot of opportunity to learn and listen and listen and listen and listen. So we've spoken before about how you use intuition as a guide, such as you making decisions based on what feels right for you in the moment. I'm curious to know in this moment where there is not only a global pandemic but a widespread fight against oppression, violence, and systemic racism, as well as climate change. Um, what is your intuition telling you right now? Yeah, um, my intuition is telling me that, that what we're doing with plasma and these events connecting offline, um, it's super local, but I think that everybody experiences things on a global level since, since we're all really stuck behind our screens the past half year and who knows how long it's still going to be this way that we can't connect in large groups so the idea of connecting offline um, and sharing these experiences I think the more that's going on in the world the more 
Yeah, the more activism you're going to have and the more movement and the more more change like within yourself, but also within the world. And that obviously leads people to fresh perspectives on themselves or their own identity or where it is they're coming from or what it is they're working on. And that for me at least gives me, motivates me to keep creating and to not be afraid to change things and to 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 keep opening up these conversations offline and, and addressing all these issues. And I think that it's important that we do keep sharing. And I hope that these intimate offline experiences are something that can keep happening um, because I definitely see it as an opportunity to connect and maybe more being in a locally connected situation in talking about things that are happening on a global scale. Um, but the connection is important. The intimacy is important. I definitely want to come back to this idea of intimacy for sure. But um, you kind of, uh, you brought up the idea of activism as well in your response there. And uh, I know that you've described Plasma as a platform for positive activism. Um, so I guess I want to, I'd like to know how you, how you understand or perceive activism and uh, its function in the design world specifically. Mm -hmm. So I think activism for me was something that I was in the beginning of starting to create as a fashion designer or in creating this platform. I was a little bit nervous and out of my comfort comfort zone on because as mentioned I didn't go to school and I don't have a really high education I yeah I felt a little bit uncomfortable in having to um, maybe take an activist standpoint on issues that are part of my core of my being and things that I've experienced or things that I see people experiencing around me being ready to own that activism I think took a long time for me I'm really curious more so even about other people's positions and people's uh, things that they're dealing with and, and what it is they feel need to, to speak up about or to be, to be active in their community or otherwise about. And then it became something constantly moving me and constantly keeping me on my toes and excited to learn more from other people. Yeah, but then also how you can take this activism and translate it into something that's a positive experience for somebody who maybe would have been like me a few years ago who was uncomfortable in taking a position or thinking a certain way or um, um, opening their, their mouth to somebody who's for example being completely racist or homophobic and being able to stand up for that person in that moment and, and, and take your position. I hope that through having an experience for example at Plasma or, or through a fashion event that you would see that that yeah there's a strength in numbers and and a, and a certain strength and a power in taking that position and that um, it can be something beautiful instead of maybe seeing it as something that would be negative or exclusive it is something that is inclusive and something that's important mm -hmm. yeah and I think yeah strength in numbers and strength in creating this community and this atmosphere where that's welcome um, only has a positive effect. For everybody so kind of rolling with this idea of like positivity as well um positive activism i've also heard you speak about the notion of positive discrimination mm. um can you elaborate on on what that means yeah i do actively seek out minorities a lot of women uh, queer community people that i feel need to have a podium and need to be seen and need to be um 
yeah, comfortable and having maybe their first experience. Um, so finding people who have never been on stage before or who are secretly an artist doing this or that and then offering them a place to be like, I want the world to see you and I want it to start here. It would be awesome if your beginning could be with us because really support you and and I want to hear also your opinions on on these different topics and matters um the topic comes up is that positive discrimination like why aren't you then fixing a huge budget and inviting this or that artist to come and do this or that and it's like no I think that it's important to 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 tip the the to tip the scale in a certain way you have to start from the ground up maybe now and and creating that visibility for it for different uh, minority groups and then it's obvious that the scale eventually is going to even out and then it's not going to be that you're hiring an artist or a talent based on their background or their gender or their sexuality or whatever it is that they are it's just going to be considered a norm and that is a place that I hope that the world gets to quicker than imagined because then plasma won't even be necessary. Mm -hmm. we can move on to the next thing but that at this moment at least right now I mean plasma seems to function really as um, a space of creating more equity it's important to yeah, create the sense of equality and belonging in a, in, a, in a city that you might easily otherwise leave and it, and it would be a shame to lose all these people and have them not feel at home and welcome here Maybe the way I felt when I first came here and didn't know exactly where where I was or where my community was at. Um, it's important to to do these things and to have them having the stage and having the opportunity to create and, and be visible and be seen here because now it's it's necessary. So in in these spaces as well, there's definitely a form of intimacy, which is something I wanted to talk about. Um, and I think that fashion, music, dance, collaboration, collectivity, everything that Plasma and Jess Oberlin seems to be about, um, that it's all uh, like a super, it creates a really intimate landscape. So would you call what you do intimate work? I would definitely call it intimate work. I think that um, I'm now at a place in my life where I'm okay with being vulnerable and... and um, appreciate having the opportunity to do that and and that is of course super intimate if you're just out and open with everybody about all of your dirty laundry whatever it is that you've gone through in life and you're open to sharing that experience so that others also feel welcome to do that it's super intimate and whether that is an artist who's um, singing a song for the first time or somebody who's sharing an art project or yeah, somebody teaching you some kind of dance move, you know, they're all putting themselves out there and that, that makes it super intimate. Yeah, it's something I also really enjoy. And I think that if you create this sphere also within an event platform, then you create an environment where everybody is open to being vulnerable and, and sharing their experience and becoming really intimate with each other. And it's a really beautiful um, environment to be allowed to create in the city. And um, yeah to celebrate that in the end also with like, oh, now we can put music on and just get down with each other. Like there's so many new relationships and, and amazing things that happen on those those events that I think it's super important that it keeps happening. It's like a basic, basic human need, right? Intimacy. Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. And I think that um, the, the pandemic has really forced us to think differently about 
how to create intimacy, how to receive intimacy. Um, so let's switch the conversation away from the pandemic. Um, Thanks. And talk about the idea of failure and how it functions as a learning tool. Um, so the power of making mistakes and accepting failure, does that influence what you do? Or how does that influence what you do? How does it influence what I do? Yeah, I used to be really scared of making mistakes, like really scared of making mistakes to the fact that I could have a total meltdown if I made a mistake. And since learning the other side of that, I feel so free and so, um, yeah, so excited to make mistakes. And I even find myself questioning if mistakes and failure are just a construct that someone taught us at some point to make us not do certain things uh, and to scare us out of out of new things and new experiences or that it's actually something that that does exist because I think it was something that I learned and not something that's maybe in my human nature to be afraid of failure or afraid of mistakes. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm questioning if I've even made mistakes or had failures or that they're just experiences and that experiences have different levels of maybe success. But I think that, that a lot of magic happens in experimentation. So um, yeah, in starting a fashion brand wasn't my intention. I just was making some clothes and then it became a little bit successful and people wanted to buy it. So yeah, then 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 you have something that didn't come out of an intention of doing something perfect or, or, or failing. So I think it offers an opportunity to, yeah, to create new things and to um, learn from experiences or even like to, to make something and you think like, oh, this is no good for now, but maybe in the future it's gonna be something amazing, you know? I, I like to see it now as positive and as a really, yeah, like you're you're constantly making mistakes and if you're learning something new, but are they mistakes? Like they're just, they're just learning experiences that are taking you further on the path towards getting to the point that you want to be at or, or to become the person or do the thing that is that you want to do. So it's all just experience and I don't think that it's negative. This makes me wonder how... Um... This idea of making mistakes and learning by doing fits into what you do with plasma or house of plasma more specifically. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you're when you're hosting a workshop, for example, you're teaching someone to DJ. Yeah, that's pure, pure, pure learning, 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 learning and doing things, um, learning experiences. I don't even want to call them mistakes anymore. <laughs> like they're not mistakes. They're takes, they're takes, different takes, not mistakes, but potakes <laughs> I don't know <laughs> you can't learn anything new if you're not open to uh to failure in a sense and 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 using it as a positive experience and constructive to further build your practice on whatever it is you're doing and if you're learning to DJ or giving a workshop of course things are going to go wrong and things are going to go or are they going to go wrong they're going to go other than you imagine them going same as at this event on Sunday, you can have an idea about what something will look like or, or feel like and maybe even dream about it and you, you get there and then it's completely different and it doesn't mean that it's good or bad. It's just you have to allow you have to allow space for creation and for for yeah. And a lot of sense collaboration as well. Like new things can only come by adding a few different things together. And I guess if you don't have a vision or an idea of how you want something to be, then you don't have any kind of framework to work towards or to go to. But 
there's all these steps and things along the way that you have to go through and experience and, and learn learn from to to get to a certain point. And if you're doing that with music, like you'll mix a song in the beginning, maybe like 30 times completely wrong. But at some point, you'll feel that moment where they connect. And that's super magical. And you can never get there without having done it wrong 30 times. So, mm-hmm. yeah. And the same thing with Plasma. I didn't really know what it was going to be. It just was an experiment. Um so we had an experimental two events where I just talked about with with the audience speaking about the city and and what it is maybe we we miss here or certain things we want to see happen or certain things we notice uh, things about equality things all kind of things talking about all kinds of different things and then um, I thought in the beginning it was going to be like a feminist platform but it ended up being something completely different and. Um, I'm happy I went with the name Plasma because I had a feeling it might go this way and that it would be really nice to have the opportunity to have a a, um, a practice that is allowed to change and, and be be malleable and become what it needs to become. And I think now the idea with, with Plasma is that it can have a different, it can take on different shapes and forms. And so... Um, yeah, and giving, giving myself the freedom to explore those things. Um, I've now started um, a collaboration with the Park Theatre where we're spending three years developing new forms of plasma and allowing myself the space and time um, and network and opportunity that working with such a theatre would offer plasma um, to even be able to reach a broader audience, but also to have a different shapes and forms that are that are that are able yeah possible experiences on different levels and in different places so a plasma that could be experienced in a theater world but there's also a plasma you could experience in an art space and there's um, a plasma that could be a a community space that's offline in Eindhoven Um, plasma is like a an ethos or a philosophy almost a state of mind yeah it's totally totally an experiment and I enjoy the experiment and the process to me it's very like the idea of collaboration and collectivity is really seems to be a fundamental factor in the work that you're doing with 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 Jess Oberlin plasma um and I would like for you to speak to um the importance of providing visibility um for the LGBTQ community or or marginalized folks out there um is that like is that a mandate of plasma? It's definitely a mandate of plasma, yeah. Definitely. I think that it's important to stay relevant and to be yeah, from working from this point of positive activism and seeing a certain maybe communities or marginalized groups being marginalized, I think there's a strength in numbers and a strength in connecting the dots in between them and finding the things that are um, maybe human, like this human aspect of going through something um, and changing it into something positive or changing it into an art form. So offering the stage to these these people and these communities, um, yeah, it's super important to make it... Um, I guess for a wider or a broader audience, more experiential, that it can be experienced, that they can be part of it, that they can see something or see see something, see see someone performing. They can hear somebody sharing their experience and learn from that and, and see how it applies to their own life and 
maybe even having a little bit of a reality check at times and then creating a lot of um, allies in the world through these super fun experimental events or through through creating something new in the fashion line and then having a drag queen or someone from a marginalized group showing it because I believe in them and I want them to be seen. Um, and all these talents and things that are booked with Plasma, it's a lot of local artists who I really feel goosebumps if I see them performing or if I hear them, like I, I see potential in them and then I can't imagine that they're not going to be bigger and, and, and more amazing and more more national or international in the future. So it's a really exciting um, opportunity to be able to offer them their first platform and to be able to give them a comfortable space to be open to growing and to, to be um, developing their craft and maybe learning about others and their crafts and seeing also where they can connect the dots and, and how can, how can, yeah, how their different art forms can be connected and learn from each other or become something new. I'm also really excited about new newness, like what what is going to be the future vintage? Like what's that, the things in the future that we will have created now that, that become nostalgic and become something we never forget? Mm. That really excites me. I like that idea of the future vintage. The future vintage. Yeah, it's like the feeling you have when you look back to a period and you maybe you don't feel nostalgic but you feel like it mattered and that to me is a, a place that's nice to think of creating now for for future generations so as we wind this down um there's a couple of key questions that i wanted to ask um and one of them is uh, if you can recall a beautiful moment of collaboration. Um, I know it. I have goosebumps thinking about it. It was the actually at the end of the last Plasma event we did, which if you can believe it was last year in the Dutch Design Week. Um, we had done the whole event. We had been talking about um, all kinds of topics and, and things in the music industry. We had uh, Sharon Kovacs perform, uh, Ella John and Marasa. We had hip hop. We had, yeah, so pop music. We had acoustic guitar. We had a beautiful singer songwriter. We had a woman who came from Rotterdam teaching us dance hall moves um, and teaching us about different genres within the dance hall. And then we had an electronic artist on stage performing a song. And, and I had I had an idea about how this would end in that there would be a performance. And at that moment, uh, I invited also Striptopia to come on stage, which was a project from a friend of mine, uh, Maggie Saunders, um, super empowering stripper podium of the future, where the strippers are in control and, and transgender strippers are encouraged and allowed and just put in the spotlight and loved. So we had... Um, yeah, decided it'd be cool if there was just a moment that they all came up on stage and started performing with this electronic artist and that at some point he'd be finished and it would turn into DJing. And then um, I really get goosebumps the whole time talking about it. It's so cool. Um, so the yeah, he was performing. The strippers came up on stage. Uh, we hadn't really like, I never really had told them what they had to do or couldn't do. I just felt like they would know what to do in the moment. And that for me is so magical that, that in that moment of just trust that you, you believe in something or someone and you just want to have them purely feel the moment to be themselves. At the end of this 
amazing experience of connecting with everyone like that for me is really collaboration in its purest form just just feeling free and 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 offering the space for it to be messy and beautiful and nobody wanted to go home even though we had to go home in the end yeah that was super special yeah i will remember it forever so when you take a moment like this um would you would you say that diversity is the unifying factor? I would say so. Yeah. I think that, well, I think this, that there, there is one singularity in the fact that we are all humans connecting. And that kind of was the, the, the underlying purpose of this platform is just um, being open to the diversity of humans and, and enjoying the moment of unity that we do have if we're together and sharing in an intimate space. And not to say that, that any one experience is um, the same or more important or less important than another or that anyone's individuality should be forgotten. But I think the, the power in numbers of individuals and having their individual experiences and, and lives and, and cultural backgrounds and their, their, their art practices or their, their whatever it is they're doing in their complete beautiful individuality all in one room together being connected. It's just, it's magical. And I think that that is the feeling of unity. So, so last question for you, not a question. It's an opportunity to uh, give a shout out to some of the artists you're working with or some of your favorite local artists um, that you think people listening to this or reading the article should go and check out. Oh my God, there's so many. I think for music, you should be listening to Gaira. You should be listening to Marasa and Ella John. Maybe even... Sharon Kovacs, local dancer, Stein Bonden. And then I would say some local DJs like Iris Reiskamp. Check her out if you have a chance to, to see a set somewhere. Also, the Striptopia concept. Not sure if it's even like alive at the moment, but it should be. VJ, Norche van den Einde. BJ visual artist. Fika van Berkom. Fika van Berkom. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been fun talking to you. It's been a slice. Thanks to Jess Oberlin for having this chat with me. Also to Blank Space Magazine for inviting me to contribute. The music you heard on this podcast are by the super talented Dutch artists Gaida and Ella John. Thanks for listening.